Welcome to the Civil War Regiment's podcast, here to provide you with the reading of accounts of the common soldiers of the American Civil War, the eyewitnesses who lived, fought, suffered, and died through five years of brutal conflict. It is my hope that the reading of these accounts will make history come alive for you and offer a better understanding of daily life during the American Civil War. Today's account is from Voices of the Civil War, First Manassas, an entry by Private Harrison Cummings of the 11th New York Infantry. Though the presence of federal troops in Washington rapidly became commonplace, the arrival of a new regiment still merited a personal viewing by President Lincoln in the war's early weeks. So unsettled was the Union during this period that the men of Cummings' regiment assumed that setting foot in Maryland meant that they were in enemy territory. The 11th was raised from several New York City fire companies and soon had a chance to show its mettle in a fashion familiar to it. Here follows Cummings' account. Some few days prior to our departure, orders were issued from Colonel Ellsworth that each man should have his hair cut to one-eighth of an inch in length. Every design was thought of, and one member of the company, to which I was attached, had his so cut that it represented an eagle on his head, he being perhaps more patriotic than the rest. It was a common thing for his comrades to knock his cap off and exclaim, We have the American Eagle in Company E! On the morning of April 29th, orders came to fall in and prepare to leave New York for Washington. All were eager to go through Baltimore, but wiser heads prevailed, and we left on the steamship Baltic for Washington, as we supposed. But next day we found that Annapolis was our destination. On the following day about noon, we anchored opposite the Naval Academy. Upon landing, we found the 8th New York Militia in line to receive us, and that being a city regiment, many of us found friends among them. After the usual form, the first rations on secession soil, as we supposed, were served us. Hardtack cheese and herring, with a bountiful supply of cold water. After dismissal, a run over the entire grounds and buildings was in order. At about 5 p.m., the roll was beaten to fall in, and after the usual confusion, peculiar to raw recruits, we marched to the cars that had been put into proper shape by members of the 8th Massachusetts Volunteers. On the sides of the railroad, we found soldiers of the 69th and 7th New York doing duty as sentries to prevent the destruction of the track and switches. We arrived in Washington at about 8 p.m. Line was formed, and I doubt if any body of men ever felt the importance of the responsibility resting upon them when marching up Pennsylvania Avenue more than we did. Our first call was at the White House, where President Lincoln stood on the steps, hat in hand, bowing to each company as it passed by, each company cheering in return. We finally were brought up in the Hall of Representatives, where in a short time we turned in as best we could. I remember making a couch on a bench in the gallery, while many sought rest upon the floor. At about daylight next day, I with several others started on a tour of observation to see what the prospect was for breakfast. In arches under the front of the Capitol, we found a member of the 6th Massachusetts making what he called bacon stew. Judging from the color of the stew, 
One would think it might have been made of old shoes. The thought occurred to me that a better breakfast could be obtained than bacon stew in the arches of the Capitol. On the third day of May, we were transferred to the Senate chamber. On the morning of the 4th, about 3 a.m., I heard a small bell ringing and presently a cry of fire. We all knew what that meant, and you can readily imagine how those firemen arose from their slumber and rushed forth to fight the element of destruction, different from that for which they had been selected, but still what they knew better how to meet and subdue. As soldiers, down the avenue we went with our colonel at the fore. On arriving at the engine house, next to the market house, we tried to enter, but found the doors secured in such a manner that entrance had to be forced. One of our number went into the market, and returning with a cleaver, chopped out the lock on the small door. The large doors were barricaded, but it took only a moment to remove them, for we pushed the engine against them with such force that they were torn from their hinges. It was but a short run, and in a brief time we were pouring water upon the burning building, which adjoined Willard's hotel. At eight o'clock, when the fire was about out, orders were issued to fall in and formed by companies in mass. General Mansfield of West Point fame was introduced to the regiment from the balcony of the hotel. He made an enthusiastic speech. One remark which I remember very distinctly was that should the fire zouaves act as well in actual warfare as they had in battling with that fire, they would render an excellent account of themselves. The proprietor of the hotel then invited the regiment to breakfast, and judging by the disappearance of food, ample justice was done. Private Harrison Cummings, 11th New York Infantry.